Hey guys, today we are talking with Joe Stewart with Northwest Roof Maintenance. How you doing today, Joe? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I am fantastic. Just got out of our weekly mastermind group where I had to take a little hiatus a little early to uh, tend to some kids with with a diarrhea problem in the pool. So um, we're, we're back on track now, though. So anyhow, yeah, we, we just wanted to talk to you, kind of get your story and understand what you do a little bit. You've got kind of a unique approach to um, the roofing business and a pretty unique model, uh, I believe, in comparison to most guys across the country. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your business, where you're from, kind of the structure of your business, just to, just kind of the at a distance, what, what is Northwest Roof Maintenance? So we are based in the Portland, Oregon area, and uh, I came out of, been in it for about, the company's been open for 20 years. Actually, January 1st was 20 years. I came out of high school, needed a job, took a job with a friend of mine's company that did maintenance work on roofs, believe it or not, and uh, worked for worked that company into the ground for him for about three years, and he shut it down, and I took his customer list and started my own thing, and in lieu of interviewing and looking for a job, I thought, hey, I'll start a business. Why not? So so you started right out of high school, out in the field. Pretty much. Doing repairs and maintenance and things. Yeah, we had, at, at that point, there were huge areas of Portland that were, had cedar shake roofs. So we had this, his kind of niche was cleaning and treatment of cedar shake roofs where they refinish them to make them look good and put tons of repair into them. And I don't know, that was their, kind of their, bread and butter. And uh, so we took that over when I started mine. And is that what, when you started your own thing, is that, is that the same services that you continued to offer was real similar to what he was doing? Yeah. Initially that was <clears throat> the biggest chunk of our work. It was Cedar shake maintenance. And, but those were not being put back on as they're being replaced. Uh, so they're going to comp going to asphalt. So we had to kind of transition what we were offering just because the opportunity wasn't there. At this point, we don't even open cedar shake roofs anymore. So there's not too many of them and nobody likes it. So Yeah, I, I, I've been up and down the East Coast and you go to some real high-end developments, you'll see a few, but but it's yeah. they're few and far between today. I think that that's kind of, unfortunately, they're so pretty. It, it's, it sucks to see them go, but at the same time, nobody really wants to mess with them. So, so you've been in business about 20 years and your primary uh, services are, are maintenance and repair, correct? That's correct. So we're cleaning, cleaning moss off a roof, it, roofs that grows everywhere here in this climate. So cleaning moss, tree debris is part of it, cleaning gutters and then fixing all the roofers are going around making, making mistakes all the time. So we go around fixing their leaks. The way you staff your business, you probably, everybody's more or less in-house crews to do this maintenance work. It's pretty hard to find subs that want to. Yes, it would be. I, I can't imagine <laughs> do it with a sub. You know, we're, there's so many medium-sized jobs that it would be, I don't know, never even crossed my mind to try. But, uh, yeah, we're all, all in-house W9 employees. So. We we want you know to someday have a have a repair division of our business. See, where I live, there's not. It's not as high a demand. There's not a big storm area. It's very much a retail atmosphere, and we use subcontractors, but everything's such a high ticket item that that uh, it's not real hard to find crews that want to want to put on roofs. I, I had 
multiple employees at one time. And I know what comes along with that. You know, that's a lot of work if you're, you're keeping up with, with a bunch of in-house labor. So to, to speak to that a little bit, you know, um, tell us a little bit about your team and kind of how that's structured with sales and, and installs and, and repair crews and different things like that. Kind of give us a little bit of oversight on how you guys have that structured. Yeah. Run, run through the org chart kind of. We have an operations manager for maintenance, and now we have our manager for re-roof as well, separate, um, that are both under me. We have three sales guys that sell both re-roof and maintenance is the idea. So they convert repair and cleaning estimates into re-roofs as it's needed. So we got three sales guys out there running four to six leads a day, mostly maintenance and repair. Like they, this time of year, it's almost all my roof's leaking that type of thing. Sure. So they're running around five days a week, you know, solving problems for people. That's what it comes down to trying to solve the problems right now. We have, we've actually downsized on the, in the office. We have an admin lady who does all our bookkeeping, um, kind of the HR type role. We're able to do one uh, CSR on the phone, you know, one phones person handle pretty much all the phone, phone calling in and out for scheduling and for estimates and all that. On your on your service side, you know something I I just can't I haven't heard enough about. I guess what is that? What's a service crew look like? Not not your install crew. I know you know you know all of us range from four to twelve guys on an install crew. You know that's just so different. But what's that crew look like? Is that is that two guys in a van or is that a couple guys in a utility truck or a single guy by himself? You know what's that look like? Generally, it's two guys, and and we have a, a variety of. We'd love to get it down to one type of vehicle and that would be a mid mid roof uh, cargo van we have a couple of those and we really like them for maintenance and repair but we have so seven seven trucks and vans and two guys per basically two guys per truck we have found that it's more efficient to send one guy to most jobs but we don't have a big enough fleet to make that happen so and it's uh, as you know it's trucks and vans are very expensive right now so sure well and when we were doing some calls uh, I know you know, or over, you know, the length of our business, we've always had, you know, you always get these one-off repair calls or little things that, you know, somebody needs an odd and end done. And yeah. uh, especially in the roofing business, it's it's tough to, to have the conscience to send one guy. I mean, it, it, just for safety's sake, if the guy gets hurt or, you know, falls off the roof for, you know, whatever the case may be, it, it, that, that I feel one guy is sufficient to handle that task. Um, there's not too many roof repairs that require two people to handle them, but right. at the same time, man, it's hard to hard to right. not pay that second guy just just to be there if he needs him, you know. So I, I wondered how you structured that. That was that was one of my mostly two you know, two two guys on a crew. I you know I I did the work myself for off and on for a good ten years, and you know I did all kinds of crazy things all by myself. So I'm, I have to work my way out of that crazy twenty something, thirty something, you know, to actually caring for people. <laughs> sure. Well, and that's, it's tough to make that transition, you know, because I was the same way. I mean, and my spiel always was, I won't ask you to do something I wouldn't do. The problem was I do freaking anything, you know, so it was like I mean, um, we were, yeah, power washing 10, 12 Cedar shake roofs with a pair of golf shoes on and no rope. I mean, yeah. You shouldn't. I shouldn't be here technically right now, but I should. Be. I, and and you got to reel yourself back and understand that the majority of the world just doesn't have that mindset, and, and we're responsible should. for them now. You know, but so 
and it's not worth dying for. So they probably shouldn't be doing that. That's know? exactly right. That's exactly right. So you said that uh, you, in that last little piece here, you're talking about re-roofs. So you have transitioned your business to a degree to start selling re-roofs. Is that as an upsell offering in your maintenance division or is that, are you trying to break this business into kind of two sectors to where you have two, two totally different divisions? I mean, I think that there's no reason the maintenance guys shouldn't be selling re-roofs for the, for the, I think operationally I want it to be separate because there's a different mindset for putting new roofs on than there is for just going out to do, you know, plug along and do repair and maintenance every day. In fact, the guys that we brought in from, maintenance that know how to do all this stuff shingling wise it's a big transition to get them to think in terms of okay we got to get this done in a day well yeah (laughs) and you have to think that roofers in my mindset it's all about hustle get it done elbows and assholes and, and just move as hard as you can move and then you know when you look at a repair guy you know he's got to have a little more of a tedious mind yeah. Pay a little more attention, maybe document a little wet, a little bit better, you know, do those, do those things. That would be a little bit of a transition for a guy, I assume, to go from one to the other. We were able to recruit in a couple of guys that had been just straight shinglers for a few years and they kind of set the pace a lot better. So that's been, because what they, they don't know how fast they should be. So, you know, they, they think I'm moving as fast as I can. I can't imagine anything, anybody going faster than this. And they're like, no, it's. About twice that fast, I think. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in in a new roof installation, you know, I've I've talked to guys about this before, and, and we're very conscious about the install and how you know the level of of install we want to do. I mean, we want want it to be as close to perfect as possible. Right. But what I could see a, a lag in judgment is you can get really freaking close to possible. And not even think about it when you're doing a new install. When you're doing an in, a, a repair, you got to pay attention to every piece of it and really kind of be tedious with that, I, I would assume. But anyway, something else that, that I know you and I spoke about a little bit before that I got a little bit of advice from you on that I think just fantastic is is your incentives for your people and how you take care of everybody under your roof and how you do it. Um, could you kind of, you know, I know there's some tech involved. I know there's a little, little bit of stuff you use to kind of make that all work. Give us a little bit of uh, insight into how that works in your business. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, we try to set it from the sales side. It's pretty basic. You know, it's a, we do a base plus commission. We pay the commission on paid invoices nothing beforehand. It seems to work pretty good for us. They also have, like you're saying, we use an app, an app called uh, Automate Motivate, which is a gamification app, I guess is the word they use for it, where we put things in there for each type of role in the business that revolve around customer service. So like reviews, they get to, if they get a review with their name on it, they claim it in there and it's automate automatically adds points to their system and they can buy stuff or cash it out. But it's, you know, customer service. And also, separate from that, we track callbacks and those kind of things. And they, those ace them out of all those opportunities <laughs> for, for a time period. But call, callbacks, anything we're trying to move as far as culturally in the company, as far as things that we think are important that are causing maybe problems in the company, we put a, an automate motivate in there to put a positive twist on it. Um, for So they like a daily 
like on every roof, if they measure the pipe flat, how big the pipes are, we are having this big problem where they never would put the what size it was, and we always ended up not having what we needed. So they'll they'll claim just a little little uh, reward for that. You know, it's like a buck or something. Snap a picture of it, and they claim a dollar, a little dopamine rush, and we're off off, and we have what we need. But um, and, and is that change is that changed when, for the pipe boots, for instance? Yeah. Have you had a lot of success getting guys to just take that picture of pipe boots now? Oh yeah, I see them every day. There's a bunch of them. So eventually, I'll probably—I don't know—it's you, you almost taped it because it's the way we roll it out. It's like this is the temporary thing, and this is what we're requiring. But we're you know we'll we'll, we'll share some of the success with you with this. Eventually, you want to peel it back because it's part of their job. They should be doing it anyhow. Right, and it's hard. It's hard to get guys. You've got this task and, you know, inside of this task, like, like doing an inspection, there's, you have a checklist. I mean, I, I've, I've built a, a list. Basically my SOPs are checklists. They're nothing more than that, you know? And like for some, a sales guy to go out and do a in-home inspection, he's got the, you know, that's on his checklist, you know, measure, measure this, measure that, check mm-hmm. for damage here, check for flashing, check for, you know, whatever, take pictures of the siding on an, on a parapet wall or an adjacent wall, whatever, you know, you've got all these, but for some reason it's hard to get guys to do those little things and something yeah. like that. That's so simple and, and sounds fairly inexpensive overall. Yeah. The program's inexpensive and it's all, you, you have total control over what you pay them for it. You know, it's right. I mean, you definitely want to keep track of that. <laughs> sure. You can, you can get out of control and, and spend too much on it. Do um, you use it for other things? Just just don't mean to cut you off, but I, I kind of want I, – I, I think it's a fantastic thing, and I, I'd like to know more about it myself. But do you use it in the office too, like, you know, taking down information and, and things like that? You know, I use it – so in the office, on the phones, we have goals for setting new lead, setting new appointments – um, that kind of thing. They get a reward for different tiers of how many estimates they set for the week and they just claim it through there. So I don't have to track it. I mean, I do track it, but they're tracking it themselves on the tech side. We, we have this goofy one that says I showed up looking clean and in uniform and I brushed my teeth or something like that. They take a picture, selfie picture of themselves and claim 50 cents or something. You know, it's like kind of fun because everybody's making faces most of the time, you know, we do that in the office as well. We do it based on checklists, though. All of our people have a weekly checklist that have routine stuff they're doing. At the end of the week, they snap a picture of this big checklist they did for the week and claim that as a as an Automate Motivate. And that, that picture is just saved in Automate Motivate, so you can verify that they're actually doing their checklist that they're supposed to be doing. Correct, yeah. The, the, you, can, you can, in Automate Motivate, you can say, you can require a description and a photo. So I usually I, on those type of things I'll I'll re, I'll just say picture and they'll take a picture of it. it has the date on it and everything and you know it doesn't prove that they actually did everything but if they're willing to lie about it that's a different issue so you're you're going to find a lot bigger problems in their employment if they're willing to lie over a dollar right exactly <laughs> yeah like a weekly checklist I'll I'll put ten bucks fifteen bucks on it or something sure so it's a big enough deal for us you know that they're doing those at least to me absolutely. So. Yeah, no, I, I, like I say, I think it's great. I think it's a great way to incentivize people. I mean, today, you know, you can pay somebody a certain hourly rate, but it, everyone wants a little bit of skin in the game. Everybody wants to get a little piece or a little share and feel like they're appreciated just a little bit more than an average employee. I think it's a great way to do it. I think 
I think it's something this coming year I'm going to, I'm going to try to implement in our business. I think, I think it's great. So something else I noticed, you've got a ton of freaking Google reviews, you know, we're all chasing them. I'm dealing with uh, my marketing guy today on setting up a new GMB page for a new location we're trying to get into and trying to, you know, start granularly building some reviews on that page just to try to build some sort of presence there. So I know how important that is, but you know, what are you doing to get all these reviews? The biggest change we made, because we weren't getting them very many before, I think, I mean, last year was our biggest year by far. And I'm, we're, we're planning on getting even more this year. But it was just training our guys, our technicians, to do a final walk around on every maintenance and repair job if the customer's home. And then just say, could you do me a favor? We're running a contest. And if I get enough reviews, I'll, I'll win the contest. That kind of thing. Where they're asking personally for the review for them. And if you put my name in it, I get a special reward for it. Which um, they do. They get an Automate Motivate. Correct. Yeah. And then they claim it on Automate Motivate. One of the unintended consequences when I first rolled that out was that I said that any technician who gets their name listed in this thing gets this, gets this bonus, but turns out one guy's asking, he's the, he's the friendly one, but he gets them to name everybody. So I'm paying 30 bucks out. I was paying pretty good money, but it'd be like, okay, there was three guys, four guys on this job. Yeah. So now I'm paying the whole crew for, for the review. For one guy's extra effort. So we <laughs> fixed that problem. Now it's 40 bucks for the guy who, actually asked for it and 10 bucks for everybody else or something. It was kind of, yeah. So that that makes sense. Unintended. You have to think these things through as best you can. And sometimes I don't get it done, but trial by fire, my man, that's, that's all you can do. So yeah, no, I think at the end of the day, if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. People just aren't, aren't willing to go. The only people that are willing to go out of their way to leave you a Google review are the ones you're really pissed off. The, The people that were happy with you, Paying their bill is sufficient. That's that's the end of the relationship, you know, at least at that point. And unless you just go out of your way and flat out ask people, you're, you're just not going to get them. And they're super important. If you want to have long-term growth, I believe. I think, it's, I think it's very important. The other thing I think we have going for us as far as getting more reviews is just because we're doing repair maintenance, our volume of customers is so much bigger than your average. I mean, if we... The amount of customers we have, if they were all re-roofs, we'd be like a $40 million company. <laughs> you know, that, just the amount of customers we have is so much higher. Sure. Do you have a, so we were talking about this earlier. Do you have a minimum on your, you know, repair side? Yeah, it's 600 bucks. 600 bucks. Okay. Existing, existing customers that we've done work. We have some, you know, situations where we'll go back out for cheaper, but uh, if we've been there already. Sure. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, take care of the people that, that keep coming back, but yeah. Our repair job though is well over a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, people were, we were doing repairs, selling a few here and there. My minimum when I was doing it a couple of years ago was a thousand dollars and we wouldn't even go look at it. If they called. Interesting. We would literally answer the phone, talk to them. Yeah. You're looking for a repair. Our minimum is a thousand dollars. Do you still want us to come look at it? Almost nobody hired us for repair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we don't tell everybody our minimum, but if they're talking, oh, it's a tiny little job, it'll be easy in and out. Yeah, we, our minimum is $600. Just wanted to let you know that in sure. no way. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and our problem was what was happening every time. It seemed like we'd go out there 
you know, and when you're, when you're dedicating a salesperson to go there, I mean, and our sales guys are covering, covering such a big area that they're driving 40 minutes to go there and they've already come to find out they've already got a quote for $120 to do this repair. And it's like, well, shit, we spent more than $120 to come here, you know? So it's like, needless to say, the $1,000 minimum, we weren't trying to sell a bunch of repair work. We would just, okay, we'll do it if you're willing to pay, you know, pay that kind of money. We'll come do it. But we also would warranty it as well. So that, you know, cause that, that's a trouble I've found in the repair business too. It seems like they still want a warranty with it, you know, of some sort. And it's hard to warranty repair work when you know the roof's already deteriorating. You already know the reason you need that repair is because it's probably toward the end of its life. There's, there's multiple issues, bad install, but I'm just fixing this one spot and then it leaks from five feet away. That's the problem. And you're held, you're held up to it and you can't really convince them. Otherwise it's not your fault. Exactly. That's we've over the years increased the minimum. We have a minimum size of a repair for an active leak. And that keeps getting bigger and bigger for that same exact reason. I'm like, if we have a pinpoint leak right here and we repair eight, 10 feet out on each side, the chances of them thinking that's it's leaking in the same spot again, go way down. Right. Yeah. That makes good sense. I, I didn't, I've never, uh, never thought about that strategy, but that, that makes that makes good sense. So you've been in the business for a long time. 20 years is long time in, in the roofing space. So, yeah. you know, during all of that, I'm sure there's been some big wins and some hard hurdles to cross. What, I guess, give us one of each, you know, what, what was a, a big success in your business? When, when did you, you know, do something that just was kind of like, oh yeah, that was it. That is what I needed to be doing for 10 years now, you know, uh, what, what was that? Let's see for me personally, as far as what affected my life, my biggest thing was getting, joining a, a coaching group back in 2012, just gave me support and a structure to start thinking in terms of a business person and not, a, not the one man, two man circus or whatever it was that was going on before that. Sure. <laughs> um, so get, getting coaching really helped me to start thinking better. Uh, but I think the biggest thing I did that changed my life was hiring a phones person. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, cause my, my cell phone was the phone for the company for about for a number of years. I remember I had, you know, every night when it rained, I'd be freaking out that, you know, my phone's going to something I just repaired. is going to still be leaking there, you know? So I had, had this really nice bird sounding ringtone on my phone. Right. I remember one summer I had the wind and there's birds chirping outside and that woke me up so so stressed out. Of me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So when I hired a phone person, it really, I mean, I don't know why I waited so long. It was stupid. Right. Well, and it's there, you can get somebody for not to say there's not a, a high level of importance to that job, but what that job cost a person is right. not worth your time. It's just not. And, and so many people, just for instance, today, I drove to Santana in my camper, broke a sewer line because I hit a freaking curb. So I broke a sewer line because a guy ran me off the road. So I call three, the first three repair guys on Google and uh, none of them answered the phone. And it's like, what the hell? Why is somebody not? It's two or it's, it was two o'clock in the afternoon, about one o'clock in the afternoon, maybe. And nobody's answering the phone. Like, you know, and, and any one of those three would answer the phone. They had got my business. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to freaking Lowe's. I'm going to go get a coupling and fix it myself and, and move on, you know? So it's not just the stress. It's the amount of, you know, what pays off. 
it's the return. I mean, those people, you, you'll get those customers that you're not getting by sending them the voicemail. But yeah, so that was the big win. What's been the toughest challenge, you know, across the 20 years in the roofing business? You know, I think the last the last year has been one of the hardest years for us. I, I hear all the guys on the on the roundtable call there, and they're doing great. And I'm really happy for them. This last year has been, I think, through through COVID, our, we had to keep increasing our pay rates um, to keep people. And, and I'm happy that we're able to pay them that. But now it's harder to sell with this economy. Sell at that rates that we've been we were used to selling it for. We could pretty much raise our prices and get whatever we needed. Um, so this last year to stay staying profitable has been a real challenge. It's been stressful. So I think you say that, and I think it's about to hit us all to a degree. I think we're all going to see that because I'm in the same boat. I've paid my guys more and more, raised even their commission percentages more and more every year. And, uh, you know, this year, they're I, I, the way we structured it this year, we changed it completely. We do a, a draw system. So they get a, a salary draw that they okay. have to pay me back, but they get 7% commission on the sale. Gotcha. So, you know, mind you, everything they've got is mine like trucks fuel they, they don't pay for anything um so it's not like they're a 1099 salesman they're they're w2 sales guys everything's provided heck their meals are provided i feel like about 80 percent of the time but you know we, we take good care of them but the problem is is just like you said yep. we're going to get so competitive and cutthroat in our in our markets and what we're doing that it's going to be hard to maintain paying guys that good, even though if you want to keep them, you don't really have a choice. You know, yeah, on the other side of it, paying more this last few years, our, our, our turnover in the technician field has been almost zero. Yeah. But whereas we've had a problem with it being about 30, 40% turnover, sure. you know, so that's expensive on the other side as far as training and being able to trust somebody. So it, that's a good point. I mean, it, and we've, we've always been fortunate in the turnover piece we, we've not but we don't you know for multiple years now we haven't had techs as w2 employees so i haven't had to worry about that so much myself but no that that does make a good point to that but uh so it's winter time you're up in the northwest area no way that you got good weather up there what what are you guys doing this winter to uh get better or stay productive or you know what what's keeping the bills paid and, and or are the bills getting paid out of savings and you're working on other things? You know, our repair and maintenance pretty much keeps chugging along. That's the nice thing about it. I mean, if we were replying right now on roof replacements, we'd be in trouble. We have a, a few on the books still. We're not, we don't have a big backlog since we're new at it, but um, the it, we're pretty much dealing with rain. Today we had snow overnight, which we didn't expect. We don't do a lot when it snows. It's not by the time we get out there and try to clear the roof off or anything like that, we're losing money. I feel like so. But sure. the repair and maintenance, we're able to do most things any weather. You know, there's certain repairs we have to call off. You know, if it's we're doing a 30 foot valley repair, we're probably not going to do that in the rain. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's no contract that's strong enough that'll keep us from having to pay for that one. I don't think. But repair and maintenance keep us going. Pretty well. I, the The rain actually helps us in that regard. When it rains hard, we're busy. Now people know they have a problem. And they can't put it off. 
Whereas you get, you know, sometimes in February, we'll get two or three weeks of just dry and cold. That's when you're calling your own phone to make sure it still works. These people just aren't motivated. So, Sure. Other than automate, motivate, what other apps or technology tools are you using, you know, inside of your sales process and inside of your production process? So it's been, I mean, our main CRM is called Service Fusion. It's a little antiquated, but we find that it has the fewest hiccups for our process as far as things that are just a real pain. We tried switching to a couple other ones and certain things about it just didn't didn't work for the amount of volume we're doing as far as the amount of jobs. Right. We do our, so we have that service fusion that does our schedule for sales and for operations. It can do basic reminders and on my way texts. But then we also have an integration built with that to ProLine, the, the legacy version of ProLine. Mm-hmm. And that does all the follow-up for us for uh, re-roofing and for, and for maintenance. So, you you still have the same version of ProLine I have then. You have the original the original, yeah. Messaging, text and email only feature, correct? Yeah. I went in and, and thought I'd do something, make things better and clicked on the upgraded CRM and uh it totally wiped out my whole integration and everything. So and the, but they let you get back the old they, re- they reverted it back but it took a lot i had to be i was on the phone with aj for an hour and a half yesterday so i've got to tell you a quick story about deleting technology because i'm an idiot like i am a i'm a roofer i'm not a, a tech guy i'm really trying to learn i truly have put forth quite the effort to learn you know but so i stopped using my digital marketing guy and he was great i it wasn't anything he did i just was trying to go a different direction and bring it in house and i got i was bored one day so i was playing around on the website and what i was trying to do was update pictures nothing big i was just literally in um bluehost just trying to update the pictures well then the pictures i put in were not the ones i wanted in like they weren't in the right spot so i clicked delete all I deleted the whole freaking website. Gone. White page. That's all I had was a white Undo. Page. Undo. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting like back, refresh, back, refresh, you know, and it's like, oh, no. And, you know, not like I said, we didn't go hard on bad terms or anything. But like a week prior to this, I let let the guy know that I'd no longer be using his services. Yeah. And I got to freaking call him up and tell him that I just deleted the entire website and I need help figuring out how to get it back. <laughs> complete foot in mouth i'm like oh you idiot Uh, um yeah so so we use proline and proline also sync connects with dope marketing which we just uh, use selectively for follow-up on bigger jobs and re-roofing so we'll do a handwritten card and a postcard follow-up i don't do the radius i don't know i haven't made that work it seems expensive the radius marketing but um are you having any success with dope and those those campaigns on follow-up it's hard to tell still Um, early yeah we do have a tracking number that's the other thing we we have a program called call tracking metrics where you can buy tracking numbers for cheap and so we put tracking numbers on everything so we can pin down at least a portion of what's coming from that all my emails have that in there and it really sheds light on really what's working a little better I I don't know anything about that. Can you can you give us just a um, you know a high level view of what that is because that's that's new to me completely. 
So it's basically an online phone service. You can use it as your main phone lines, but we don't. We have Service Fusion has its own call uh, phone system, um, our, our CRM. But basically, you can buy for like two bucks a month, a dedicated any number you want that they have available, your local numbers. Um, you put that in your marketing, you label it as a, with a source, and it just forwards to your main line. So you just pull, have that pulled up when you're doing phone calls, and you'll see that pop in. Okay, they called right off my email I just sent. That's cool. Or that oh. postcards that just went out. We The other one is we do mailed newsletters a lot. Every month we send out like 5,000 newsletters, kind of alternate it through our list. And every time it hits, I'll see a bunch of calls come from that right off the new, the paper newsletter. So. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's handy because, I mean. Inexpensive. So. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not paying anything for it hardly. And, and I know for, for me, that's one of the big metrics I'm trying to really get a better grasp on this year. Last year we tracked it, but everybody just says they found us on Google. Well, yeah, you called right. us off Google, but what, what, you know, was it, cause we were real heavy on the radio. We dominated the radio last year. And I mean, we, we were, you couldn't turn it on without hearing us, you know, but we had all these and we was on TV and we did mailers and we did that, you know, and, but everybody just says Google or Facebook, Google or Facebook, you know, and it's like, now that there's no way you had to have heard us, you know, somebody had to have heard us somewhere else. So we're trying to dig into that a little deeper because last year our marketing budget was, I think we ended up spending right around $250,000 on marketing. And I mean, that's a huge piece of money that right. if you're not using efficiently, you're just wasting it. And, you know, right. who's yeah. to say that only $100,000 of that was effective marketing? Who's to say that 150 grand I shouldn't have just put in my freaking pocket, you know, or, right. or done something with? You know, in, in our in our business, you have to be so good at, at marketing and managing your marketing because our customers are so unlikely to be multiple-time customers. You got to get a new customer almost daily. Maybe in the repair business, it's a little bit better than that. But I'm sure in the re-roof business, you'll find you're going to put that roof on. And hopefully you don't deal with them ever again. I mean, maybe if they move or a kid or a, an aunt or something, maybe. But you got to be really good at marketing. and You got to know where your money's being spent efficiently, I think. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you definitely don't want to go back for a leak on a re-roof. No, no, you don't want to deal with them again. With that. <laughs> on the maintenance and repair side, we're dealing with 50 and 60% existing customers every month is what our, what we're bringing in on sales. So, ha- okay, I've, I've got to jump back into this because I'm, I'm curious. I don't know anybody in doing what you're doing, not to the level you're doing it anyway. So, are, is there an age of roof that you say, hey, it's too old for us to repair? Or is there is there things like that that, you know, stop you and say, hey, you have to put a roof on this thing? We definitely. I mean, if it's, you know, if the roof we think only has two to three years left in it, we're not even going to touch it. We're going to say you got to. And before we were just walking away from it. And I think that now that we do re-roofing, it's kind of click, kind of. I don't know. We probably were repairing things a little bit old, on older roofs than we should have been before because that was the only option we have. You know, it's the if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So we're a repair company, so everything needed a repair. But I think having both options with repair and maintenance being our priority is a good option, good thing for us and for our customers. Because we get that's one thing that people like about us is, in the past is that we don't do re roof because 
they know we're not, you know, we're going to, hopefully we're not going to push a new roof on them when they don't need it, which everybody else, a lot of other companies are doing in our opinion. Sure. You know, we'll go out. We do every time. (laughs) I was doing sales, you know, repair sales years ago. You know, this old couple would have three or four re-roof bids on their five-year-old roof with no leaks. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I went off on no, no, you're not off topic at all. It's a great point. Uh, Zach and I were talking the other day on a podcast before this one about, you know, just taking care of people and how, how valuable it is to just be a good person to people. And, you know, one of our things is we run into that as well. And, you know, people trying to sell you something you don't need. We see it a lot in like gutters, you know, well, <laughs> We need, we need to replace our gutters. A lot, of, a lot of people are under the impression that you need to replace your gutters when you replace your roof. We just hear that often. Ma'am, you've got seamless gutters on here. There's really, other than they're a little bit dirty and, you know, the miters and the end caps are leaking. There's really nothing to go wrong with these. And, uh, well, well, I got, these guys gave me three gutter quotes and I'm like, well, we'll just caulk them for free, you know, when we're roofing. Like, we'll have a caulking gun out already. It's really not... Call somebody to pressure wash the house and gutters and save your money, you know? So yeah, with repairs, we, we just, we're just not offering them ourselves, but we, we usually try to just point them in the right direction to somebody that can take care of them. Cause it, there is too many people trying to take advantage of people that just don't need a roof. You know, um, I, I think you're exactly right. And you probably sell a ton just off of that, but anyway, we'll get ready to wrap things up. You got anything else you want to bring to the table? Kind of tips? Yeah. I mean, you're you're uh, you're seasoned in the space, so point us young guys in the right direction on something. Keep learning about leadership. It's a non for me. It's nonstop. If I read read about leadership, I tend to be a pretty decent leader. And when I stop reading about it, stop you know intentionally trying to be a good leader to people, then I'm not a good leader. <laughs> I stop paying attention. Is my, my personality type would be is just kind of like hands off at that point, and I don't give good direction. So keep studying. That's all I would say. That's all I, think, I think it's a fantastic tip. I mean, we're if we're not if we're not leading our, our businesses, we're just all going to die. So we have to have to be good leaders. So great tip. But Joe, um, that's all I've got for today, man. I do appreciate your time and uh, talking to me, and uh, hopefully somebody will pull something good out of this and, and help their business. So, um, so, other than that, have a good rest of your day. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me on.